this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. You guys, welcome to episode 73 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives into well-known and more importantly, not so well-known huck of some of your favorite reality TV stars. It's me, your host, Troy McKee. How's it going? Uh, I don't even really know how to introduce this person because she was she was here for the creation of this podcast. She was one of, if not maybe the first guest that I ever had on this goddamn show, Maria Towner. You may remember her from the Mary-Kate and Heath episode. We created like a murder she wrote Who Done It. And um, she's here today, and I'm so beyond excited. Maria, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be back. I'm, like, beyond. Like, literally, I told her when we started recording that the sound of her voice was euphoria for me. Like, <laughs> the sound of your voice in these headphones is, like, truly calming me down. Me too. I mean, we're just a match made in heaven. Oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> this is your third time. I think this is your third time. We did Heath and Mary Kay. Yes. And then we did Brody, Jenner, and Avril. Yes. And now, uh-huh. you guys, this is like, this is like, uh, I've been saving this specific couple for a very special time and like no better person to record it with. Yay! You guys, we're going to be talking about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, better known as Benifer. Benifer. The, the original like celebrity couple, nickname couple, like just truly, I know that I overuse the term, but really iconic there's no other way to put it it's so true like everything about it this is such a huge this is like a a, one of those couples that in hollywood history is like a landmark like this is like a couple that in my opinion definitely changed the way that we talk about celebrity like changed tabloid culture changed celebrity relationships how they're like um how they're criticized and how they're like put out into the press. And I just, I just, this is like such a big deal for me. I'm really excited. And I feel like it's very relevant because like everything that's been going on with Ben Affleck too. Mm -hmm. Lately, he's been in the news for a bunch of stuff. Jennifer Lopez is coming out with a new movie. So it's like, they're still around. We haven't forgotten them. Yeah. They're both still super relevant. And this was like, you know, obviously I think Diddy like, when Jennifer dated Diddy, that was like the start of her relationships being like this really important part of her career and like her public image. Oh, for sure. Benifer just like blew the world exploded. Like I, I can remember the media coverage when I was like younger of this couple and it was like every single day, like oh, people yeah. were just obsessed with everything they were doing, like everywhere they went, every restaurant they went to. Like, they were whatever. always on the cover of like Star Magazine every week. Every week they were on the cover of every magazine and any like gift that they bought each other. It was comparable to like Oprah's favorite things where like if, you know, if Jen oh, bought yeah. him something, then like the whole world would go out and try and buy it and it would sell out or like vice versa. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Me too. Um, Oh my gosh. I have met 
so I met J-Lo. So I met half of this couple. Wait a minute. I fucking forgot that you met Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Have we talked about this before? No, we haven't talked about this. So I was like a kid. Like this was like in the 90s. And she was filming the movie The Cell, like down the street from where my uncle lives in LA. And we were visiting and they were like on location filming at this house. And we stood outside like all day trying to meet Jennifer Lopez. And then we finally did. And she gave us like autographed pictures of her. I, my mom probably still has it somewhere, but it's like an autographed picture of her like laying in this bed. It's so cute, but she's adorable oh in God. person. Was she really nice to you? Yeah, she was super nice. And my sister was Adrian. She was really little and she was like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. And she was like fawning over Adrian. It was great. I was probably like, I was like in middle school. I was like sixth grade probably. Oh my God. And that's like, what a prime time to meet JLo too. I know. It couldn't have been better. Fuck, man. I mean, like, I I know that she, and this is something that we're going to talk about, but, like, I know that she has, like, a, you know, Jennifer's, like, a, she's a diva. She's, like, a, she's a queen. Like, she's a, oh, yeah. She's a goddess. And, like, she has a reputation for being that, a diva, um, mm-hmm. especially around this time. Like, that was oh, really what She didn't take pictures with us because her makeup was bad for the scene. Oh. Like, she wouldn't take a picture with us fuck dude see i want that kind of power like i want i, I just want to walk through the streets and, ha- and give off jlo energy where like if a person wants to take a picture with me i can decide whether or not i want to based on like how my <laughs> face looks and they just yeah. know to respect it and never ask again exactly <laughs> i don't we didn't push it we were just like can we get a picture and her agent was like no that's big dick energy it really is. JLo has big dick energy. We were little kids. Like, you would think, like, oh, I would take a picture with these little fans. But no. Like, children. Like, as if you're going to post them on what? Uh, it's a, you're in sixth grade. There's literally no internet. Like There's, like, no MySpace, even. Where are they going to go? Like, your shoebox? You can't take the fucking right. picture? I probably uh, wouldn't <laughs> even have that picture. Like, who knows where that would be if I had taken it? Oh, my God. It would be at your bedside, I would hope. Uh, yeah, I would probably be framed right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll go ahead and do some uh, quick housekeeping here and introduce the episode, and we can go ahead and get started. Yay! All right, so you guys, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck started dating in Ju- July of 2002. Um, they were engaged by October, so they moved super fast, and um, they were separated in January of 2004. Um, J-Lo was still very famously married to uh, her former backup dancer Chris Judd when Ben started like courting her. And, uh, you know, they're, like I said, they're just one of those couples that like, you know, no matter what, like this probably would have, I don't, I don't think there's any circumstance in which these two people could have ever made this work because the business that had become the relationship totally ripped them apart. If they were two people who didn't know, like who weren't famous and, you know, met on the street, maybe. I don't but, like, know. We wouldn't have let them be together. There's no way. Like, no. the world pulled them apart. Like, Jennifer Lopez, she doesn't really drink. She doesn't really gamble. She doesn't mm-hmm. really do anything. Ben Affleck is a mess. Like, <laughs> I just don't think that these two people would be together at all. Like, he needs some, like, girl that's going to be, like, drinking and smoking and, like, hanging out gambling in Vegas or something with him. And like, she would be like post rehab. Perfect for him, actually. 
I would percent agree with you. You know, I think, and another thing I think that plays into that is that, you know, she was so instrumental in like changing his public image and like he'd become this sort of like doll. Like he was like a Ken doll that she kept in her clutch. Like, you know, he was tan and he was like getting his, his hair cut. And like, he was like wearing like head to toe, like designer looks every day and like test driving Bentleys. And he was basically Sebastian in Cruel Intentions. Like that's what she turned into. And um, he was, he was like the guy from the Jenny and the Block video. Yes. Like he had become this like douchebag and, yeah. you know, eventually, I mean, obviously that was going to wear off. Like she wasn't with him for like who he was. Uh, she changed literally everything about him when they got together. And um, when we get to the end of this episode, I actually have a really funny quote from, uh, uh, from Matt Damon talking about how hard it was to be friends with him <laughs> while they were dating. Because he, I think um, I saw like, that one. Like he just became such a fucking like a almost like this like Guido like Euro trash douchebag. Like I know it's ridiculous. I kind of love it though. I love it too. I love what she did with him. Like I always look back at those years and think like, well, it's the best he ever looked. Now he's like down, like going down the street, like looking like he just like rolled out of bed in like a Betty Boop shirt. Like literally. <laughs> he has gone all the way back. <laughs> yeah, he's like full on like middle-aged man, grizzly, gray in his beard, like just really leaning into like the like not giving a fuck era of his life. Kind like of. if they were still together for some reason, this would not be happening. Oh, absolutely not. She would, he would like, before he even like was able to set foot in her house, she would have a team fully like take care of him. His face would be shaved. He'd like be in a tanning bed. Like he would fully look like a Ken doll before he stepped foot in in front of her face. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine if they like ran into each other. She'd be like, oh. (laughs) Like you look like a monster. A literal monster with a full back tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) A falcon raising from like lava. Uh, Oh my God. Um, I thought I brought this up before we started recording, but since I already recorded an episode on Jennifer Lopez, uh, about her and Diddy, and we talked about her life very extensively. If you haven't listened to it, you should go back and listen to the Diddy and JLo episode. We talked about like, you know, Selena and her putting out her first record and all those things really intensely getting her record deal. So I figured we could just kind of pick up like, you know, a few years before, um, ironically, it kind of falls into place like a few years before uh, meeting Ben, this like the JLo era, like yeah. the iconic JLo era of her career. I want to talk about like, I'm real. I want to talk about all these things. Oh, uh, I'm real. I mean, like there's a lot to get to. Um, uh, yeah. I just have to, you know, this is like, by the way, like it, this is like, if you dress up as Jennifer Lopez for like a Halloween costume, like this is the era that you would do. It would be, you know, like yeah. low-rise jeans, some big hoop earrings, like a half pony, some kind of like silky, like chin tank top, a gloss lip. Like it's an aesthetic. It's the Jenny aesthetic. Be, yeah, I'd be Jenny from the block if Fuck I was. Yeah. Like that would not be appropriate for me to do as a white girl, but if like I was going to, that would be it. <laughs> <laughs> if you were crafting a Jennifer Lopez inspired look, that would yes, be it. it would be that exactly. Um, but she. That would be so cute. She's adorable. She's everything. Like, I'm so happy that you're on the same page with me when it comes to Jennifer Lopez. I I mean, she's just an icon. 
Yeah. Like when I just think about her, I smile. Cause she's like, you know, like I went through this phase. I was eating blueberries every day because she eats blueberries every day. <laughs> so I'm like deep in it. <laughs> you cut two holes in your boobs and your tank top. Cause she cut two holes in her boobs and her tank top. Exactly. Yes, she's <laughs> my Regina George. Right now I'm going through a Mariah Carey phase, but yes, I'm oh. always the J-Lo phase. By the way, we're going to get to it like very shortly, but I mm-hmm. wrote in my notes, um, like the origin of Jennifer Lopez's and Mariah Carey's feud fits into this era. The, the thing yes. that started it all, the very beginning, the first domino, it gets... Um, I, I can't wait. I can't yes. wait. <laughs> um, I also mentioned too in the previous episode that like, you know, Jennifer and Diddy um, had made a very conscious decision like as a couple that they wanted to tweak their public image. Uh, they wanted to be taken seriously as like fashion, like fashionistas. They wanted the fashion industry to embrace them. And this is like that time when you can see Jennifer really lean into being considered like a fashion girl because, mm-hmm. you know, before like her on the six era, like her first album, Jennifer wasn't like a fashion girl. No, you know definitely I mean? not. Like a pretty second coming of like a Salma Hayek situation happening. It and was really that green dress. It was I the green like. dress. That was like the marker. And she was like, Oh, I can get a lot of attention. Yeah. By wearing good clothes. And like, you know, especially during this time, she had already broken so many barriers. And like, it always drives me crazy when people try and sort of um, discredit Jennifer Lopez's career. Because it's like, you know, any female artist, any female pop artist for the next 20 years, not to say that nobody had done what Jennifer had done before. Like Barbara Streisand was a successful actress and like singer. And there are women who had obviously done it. But on this scale, in the like this specific era of pop music she's like the modern day version like she sort of invented what it means in like modern day to be like a triple threat to have like you know a successful fashion line you know a a perfume Mm -hmm. a movie out that's like number one in an album like to be all of those things and be at the very top doing all of them like nobody had ever done that before And now it's, like, the standard. Like, you have to do that to be considered, like, a successful pop star. But back then, people thought she was crazy. She was ahead of her time. Oh, my God, beyond. Like, I'm thinking back now that you mentioned her fashion line. I'm like, yeah. 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 I completely, like, forgot about it. And now I'm thinking, like, remember Kamora Lee? Yes. Is that her name? Baby fat. <laughs> Baby fat. Oh, my gosh. This is, like, when I, like, oh, yeah. I remember like all of that, that. era. Um, wow. So J-Lo, the album, was released on January 23rd of 2001. And, you know, God damn it! I mean, I know that I, again, I say this all the time too, but it was a cultural phenomenon. Like It really was. You know, she was, so originally, I guess she was supposed to title this album, The Passionate Journey. Can you imagine? No. Uh, no. <laughs> That's the right choice. <laughs> It's the like, passionate journey. No, like, no, no. <laughs> you fucking fathom. So no. They the world like, would be so different today. The entire pop landscape would be different if we didn't have the term J-Lo. Yeah. Like, l- shortening people's names wouldn't even be a thing. Like, we wouldn't have Lilo. I mean, all of these people. Like, J-Lo led to Benefer, I feel like. Absolutely. Without any doubt. Yeah. Um, it, it's iconic. J-Lo, that's what, I mean, Jennifer, who says Jennifer Lopez anymore? Everybody says J-Lo. J-Lo, 
Yeah. And I guess like she came up with the idea to do that because she's like, my fans call me this when I'm like walking on the street. Like people who refer to me directly as like fans always call me JLo. It's like a fan nickname. <laughs> and uh, she was like, let's do it. So they did it. And Jennifer herself had essentially like honestly put herself through like the pop image machine. Like she like, you know, yeah. stuck herself in and then yanked herself out on the other side and she came out with dyed hair and she changed her name. She changed her style. Like it was a very like conscious decision to look, you know, she was entering like the second phase of her career. Like it was a new era. She was closing the previous chapter and she presented us with this glowing bronze skin, low rise jean, big ass. I just think of like, like a high pony. Oh, the high pony. I'm wearing one right now. Like, <laughs> imagine where we would be without the high pony. The high pony, the giant hoops. Oh my the gloss. God. All of it. The gloss. Yeah. I mean, we still all do it. <laughs> I mean, like. I'm still wearing hoops in a high pony and lip gloss. <laughs> and also, just the way that she revolutionized, like, the female body. I mean, like, mm-hmm. she really is, like, a marker for, like, the end of you know, giant fake tits being like a cool thing and like blonde, like bleach blonde hair and being real thin. And then there's like the JLo era, which is like hips and ass and like being tan and glowy and like having darks, like sultry looks. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're still all doing that. Like look at the Kardashians. Like she really was the founder of the big ass. Like without any doubt. And I mean, I know that Kim is like very, uh, Kim gives her props to J-Lo. Like, I always see in interviews where she talks about how much she loves Jennifer Lopez and how much of an inspiration she was for her. It's, like, her number one idol besides Cher. And it's, like, you know, rightfully so, because there would be absolutely, without any question, there would be no Kim Kardashian, because there would have never have been, like, a market for an Armenian girl with a big, giant ass if J-Lo hadn't sort of, like, drilled that into people's heads that it's sexy. You are such a genius because I've never thought about this, but yes, you are a hundred percent right. It's fucking crazy, dude. So when people really say, is. like, what has Jennifer Lopez contributed? Fuck you. Are you kidding? Are Everything. you out of your mind? Everything. 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 Like, Ugh. what hasn't she? What, like, I would be more pressed to find out what she hasn't contributed to culture. Like, honestly. Honestly. Um, and then can we talk for a second about the... First of all, we're about to get into, like, the Mariah of it all, which I'm, like, I'm literally shaking. But, like, so the singles from this album included Love Don't Cost a Thing, Play, Ain't It Funny, I'm Real, the original, and then I'm Real, the remix. Love them both, by the way. Love them both. I love Ja Rule. He came here, like, a couple weeks ago, and I didn't get to go, but, like, I wanted to go so bad to his concert. I support Ja Rule. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something controversial about... I'm real in like five minutes after I read this thing about uh, Mariah. Okay. And then I want to know what you think. (laughs) (laughs) So we all know now that like Mariah and Jennifer Lopez have had this like 20 year rivalry where they can't stand each other. And nobody ever really talks about the reasons why. I don't think anybody like, I think people think that Mariah saying, I don't know her is the origin (laughs) of their feud, but it's not. That's like my number one used meme too. I mean, it's is, I don't know her, but right. <laughs> the way she shakes her head with <laughs> such, like vigor and like 
She's so adamant. Like, her neck is almost breaking because she's shaking it so hard. Uh-huh. And she's got those sunglasses on. She's like, I don't know her. I, I, don't, I don't know her. So, Tommy Mottola, who we all know uh, was the head of Sony. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he signed, discovered Jennifer Lopez. He was married to Mariah Carey. Um, he also owned Columbia, which Mariah Carey was just leaving. So, he had a contract with them. So, Tommy who at this time was divorced from Mariah, obviously, he heard a song in the trailer for her movie, Glitter. So Tommy then tried to gain rights to use it in in the background of... um, Oh, by the way, the name of the song, it's called Firecracker by uh, Yellow Magic Orchestra. And Mariah used the beat of this song in the background of one of hers. Like classic... Have you ever seen Glitter? Are you kidding? I own it. I have it. You do? Okay. I was Googling it the other day and I was like thinking about it, but I've never seen it. Oh my God. Do you watch Top Chef? No. Okay. <laughs> oh no, I was just going to say so random. <laughs> Girl, are you watching Top Chef? No. Adma no. is in it. She's like Mariah's rival. Oh. Yeah. And she's okay. I'm going to watch too. it. Oh, great. <laughs> but yeah, so like this song, this, um, the beat for this song is used in one of Mariah's songs and they put it in the glitter the glitter soundtrack and it's in the trailer tommy hears it and then he tried to gain rights to use that same sample um in the background of i'm real it's like that um in the original i'm real like the background like that like that's like the the beat that he stole um so then it was confirmed that mariah had already licensed to use that song um and then Jennifer did it later. So technically they did steal it from Mariah. But Tommy, you know, being Tommy Matola, being the fucking head of Sony and Columbia, has good lawyers. And he wedged Mariah out <gasps> of being able to use her own song. So oh, then... Oh my God. I know. Then it gets even messier. So then Tommy Matola calls Irv Gotti from Murder, Inc. And is like, look, I really want to do this song... Um, that it's like, I want, he's like, I heard this song on Mariah Carey's glitter soundtrack called if we a different song, he goes, Mm -hmm. I want to do a song like that sounds like that for Jennifer, put it on her album and add a couple rappers. And it was, I'm fucking real. The remake. Well, no wonder Mariah Carey had that mental breakdown. I mean, I would be like, everyone is gaslighting. (laughs) Right. And like, honestly, in this specific case, it's like, this is all Tommy Matola. Like it really is. This is no fucking idea what's going on. She's like sitting back and waiting for people to deliver her songs. Yeah. She doesn't know that this whole time Tommy has been orchestrating oh. Mariah not being able to use any of the songs from her own fucking album. That's why they hate each other. That explains everything. Hello? Oh my, I would be like, are you kidding? Like, I can't imagine. I would freak out too. That's, ex- I mean, and it makes sense because it's like, wasn't that long after Glitter that that I- yeah. original I don't know her thing happened? And that's, that was the first domino. <laughs> wow. I mean, it makes sense. And especially as Aries, we, because Mariah's an Aries like us. <laughs> oh my God. We always think everyone's plotting against us. <laughs> and so in this case, they were plotting against her. And so she was probably like, listen, like trying to tell everyone, everybody's probably like, you're crazy. And like that can cause a full mental breakdown. 
And like, what's worse than actually finding out that people, when you're already neurotic, <laughs> you find out that people are actually plotting against you and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> my worst fears are confirmed. Oh my God. It's like, and that's then, the worst. That's when you go into a blind Aries rage. It's an Aries rage where you only mm-hmm. see red and you just want to destroy lives. Yep. I mean, I get it. And then you say very passive aggressive things. Like, I don't know her. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I deeply identify with Mariah Carey. Like, and the really funny thing, it. too, like, what I think would probably be even more hurtful for Mariah was that, so this album, the, the JLo album started to sort of slip in the charts, right? It was like slipping, mm-hmm. slipping, slipping. People weren't buying it as much as they thought that they would. So that's when Tommy called Irv Gotti and they were like, let's do like this like remix of I'm Real. And the remix was so successful. I mean, obviously, I'm Real start featuring fucking Ja Rule um, is a fucking iconic bop. And I still listen to it all the time. It literally sent her album, the week of 9-11, it sent her album straight up to number one, and it was so successful that they had to re-release the album with that song, and then her album became number one, sold 3.8 million copies, and I think now it's sold like 12 million units or something, because of that song. Oh my gosh. The song that was essentially inspired by a song on Mariah's album. (laughs) Like, I can feel the pain of that. (laughs) through my body and we're still listening to it are you kidding it's still iconic it's still so good wait can i tell you my controversial thing now yeah (laughs) i'm gonna gonna turn my entire uh listening audience against me you know i go through phases of um obviously i love i'm real the ones featuring ja rule the remix yeah but like the original I'm Real with that poppy beat, your boy lives for a bubblegum pop beat. Like, it's my, oh, it's yeah. my, it's my kryptonite. Like, I can't deny it. And I'll be honest, I like the original better than the, the remix. You there, do? I fucking said it. It's my truth. I'm no, living in my I, truth in 2018. I love the remix. The remix is everything. When I'm it comes trapped. on and I've had, like, three glasses of wine, like, just imagine. <laughs> I'm like stoked. <laughs> <laughs> she did drop. Remember, she dropped the N bomb in oh, that yeah. show, and everyone hated her. Everybody went fucking nuts. Which, by the way, I mean, like, not that it's in any way, shape, or form okay that Jennifer Lopez felt it was okay to say the N word in a song. Yeah, it wasn't. It was terrible. But I remember I was reading about that actually, and I was like, uh, Ja Rule was talking about how like male Puerto Rican rappers say the N word all the time. Like nobody yeah. has ever said anything to fat Joe about how often he uses the fucking N word because he's a guy. Oh, I didn't you know I mean? think of, this is a feminist issue now. It's a, I mean, it's a little bit of a, it's, <laughs> it's a little like it's murky. It's like, it's murky. I'm not going to take any stand on it. I, no, don't, like, <laughs> I don't think that it's great. I want to say that I don't support the use of the N-word. It might be lower anyone else, but uh, yeah. I guess. Okay. No, I get it. No, I get it. You shouldn't take any stand. Like, <laughs> not taking any stand. <laughs> this is like where being a, a double minority really like is a plus, where you can just say, say crazy shit. And- oh, you can say anything you want, I'm for sure. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, fat, I mean, there's like Puerto Rican rappers that are guys that are always fucking throwing the inward around. Jennifer was an idiot, though, to think that nobody would care about that. Like, are you fucking kidding me, girl? I know. I, I can't, like, 
thinking back on it, like, cause I put this in my notes cause I was like thinking about I'm real and P Diddy and all of it. And like, I was like, Oh my, cause she was dating like Puff Daddy at the time. Like, mm-hmm. did she? Yeah. And that's why she said it was okay. Cause she had a black boyfriend. Yeah. It's just like the worst <laughs> thing you could say. Terrible. That's the worst thing you could say. And then didn't she say it on good morning America? Did she? Uh, she she said it during one of the performances, and they need no. to bleep it. J Lo, I know. Come on. She's lucky that happened so long ago. I know that today you couldn't come back from that. No, and like the other thing I wanted to mention before we move on to uh to Ben is like this is also this song being popular and being successful introduced in the early two thousands this era of remixes. Mm-hmm. Like, they were like, well, this song was so great. We should release an album where we remix all of the songs from the J-Lo album. And I remember having this album, like, J to the L-O or something, like, the remixes. And, yeah. like, and like, but the funny thing about remixes in the early 2000s is that they sound absolute. They're, they're an excuse to make an entirely new song. They oh, sound yeah. Nothing. Like, ain't it funny? Yeah, the Ja Rule version is fucking great. The original is like a salsa dance yeah, song. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> they have nothing in common except they say the phrase "ain't it funny" occasionally, <laughs> but it's a remix. It's a remix. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what it is because at the beginning somebody says "remix." Yep, exactly. <laughs> those are always the best ones because they're like spiced up a little bit. They're always the things that I play like on the treadmill, you know? It's like <laughs> all remixes. <laughs> oh, the best. I love that remix album is so fucking good of J Lo's. It really is. I haven't listened to that in a long time, but yeah. Oh, like Walking on Sunshine and uh, I could go on. I could go on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then at the same time, you know, she had released The Wedding Planner, which was a huge commercial success. <gasps> that was such a good movie. It, I still would watch that today. It's everything. And then she became, after that movie was released, she became the first woman in American history to have a number one album and a number one record out at the same time. That's fucking She's the queen. queen. Like, just a reminder for all the people who claim to not know what Jennifer Lopez has contributed, just reminding you of your ignorance and naivete. You know what? I've also met, so I'm thinking about all my J-Lo connections now. Oh, yes, And like, I've met, Or I haven't met him. I've seen him in person. P. Diddy and Jane Fonda also. Wait a minute. How did you... Wait, 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 wait. I don't know which one I want to know first. Tell me Jane first. Jane, I saw her. She was at the LaGuardia Airport, like right in front of me. When I was like... Like this was probably 2010, 2011. And she is... thin as a pole like her legs are like two sticks you guys i hate to cut you off but at this point i think you know the drill you've got to be a patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode so go to patreon.com slash eb psychos at that point you will uh be asked to donate and then when you donate at this level you'll get this podcast you'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week you'll get liz bentley's feathers in my hair which is the teen mom podcast um, you'll get me and Molly's uh, Brittany and Kevin chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. 
So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.